0: The Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson.
1: Welcome, everyone. Ken and Cheryl here. We're with Hank Colburn today. He's president of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, and we're going to be talking about careers in chemical engineering. It's certainly a field that's been hit like so many during the uh, recession, uh, even on a worldwide basis. So uh, today, Hank is going to share with us information that is vital to the industry and also career opportunities. Uh, Hank is going to talk a little bit about the key business trends that will shape chemical engineers' professional future, as well as some of the mega trends that defined opportunities. There's some important skills that he's going to mention beyond the technical skills that are needed for every uh, successful career in the chemical field, and also a little bit about embracing change as an opportunity, uh, which is something that everyone across industries uh, needs to think about. And finally, he's going to share about his association and some of the resources that are available not only to members, but others who are interested in careers in this field, but before we get started, I just want to remind everyone, uh, as we've mentioned previously, of our seven free videos for you, our listeners, that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now, to introduce uh, our guest today, recently retired as the global director for process and manufacturing technology R&D for the Dow Chemical Company. Hank is the uh, current president and a fellow of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. Hank Colbrin is an internationally recognized expert in reactive chemicals and process scale-up, and his technical interests also include modeling and design. During his long career, he's been involved in many areas of product technology. He was also a lead member of the team that developed the accelerating rate, uh, a, a clo- calorimeter, I hope I said that right, and a well-recognized method for determining safe condition for handling unstable materials. Welcome, Hank. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Cheryl. So did I pronounce that correctly?
2: Well, it was calorimeter, but it's very close.
1: Okay, good. Well, tell us a little bit more about your career and what led you um, to your current position with the American Institute of Chemical Engineering.
2: Well, I started my career at Dow in early 1974, and I worked in a variety of technical and and technology leadership positions. Uh, Most of my career tended to span the interface between research and development and manufacturing, so I either worked on the idea side or the implementation side. And the last 20 years of my Dow career were spent in higher-level, director-level positions. All of my roles involved a high degree of technology development, and they've given me a lot of freedom to be creative and make significant impacts at Dow. I'm now focusing my efforts on my role as the president of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, and over the years, AICHE has offered me a lot of opportunities for learning, for self-development, for networking, both professional and personal, and as a place to provide service. Uh, it was primarily the learning and networking opportunities that first attracted me to AICHE, and over the years, I developed into into different kind of leadership positions, culminating in my current role.
3: And me. Uh, we have many of our listeners who are currently uh, looking at um, career opportunities or moving um, either away from where they currently are or into a new field. Uh, share with our listeners. Uh, um, maybe an overview of the chemical engineering uh, field and how it uh, might um, relate to the needs and interests of our listeners.
2: Well, sure. Chemical engineers apply physical sciences, such as physics and chemistry and biology, with mathematics, basically to convert raw materials or chemicals into more valuable and useful forms. And really what differentiates chemical engineering from some of the other engineering professions is is that we're really focused on developing these ideas into large-scale manufacturing facilities. Uh, We also work on the development of new materials and technology in areas such as nanotechnology, fuel cells, alternative energy, biomedical, and, and biomaterials. Uh, you'll find chemical engineers working in traditional areas like chemical energy and plastics industries, but more and more you also see chemical engineers working in biology, pharmaceuticals, alternative energy, and we make sure the processes is developed or operated both safely and sustainably. And so there's a very great breadth to chemical engineering. It includes a, a lot of different areas of technology.
1: There is indeed, and uh, in our working with um, companies here in the Houston area, many of them are related to the chemical industry. We've also, in our transition and career um, programs, worked with many chemical engineers as they advance their careers. So we're very familiar, uh, or perhaps more familiar than our listeners, with the association and all of the great work that you do. Perhaps you could share a little bit about the overall vision as well as the mission of the association.
2: Well, the AICHE's vision is is to provide values <clears throat> as the global leader of the chemical engineering profession, the Lifetime Center for Professional and Personal Growth, and the foremost catalyst in applying chemical engineering expertise and meeting societal needs. So basically focusing on the profession, the professional, and society. A- and overall, the mission involves promoting excellence in chemical engineering and Helping to, uh, to, to promote the sharing of, of knowledge and the application of that knowledge in a useful way to society.
1: As you describe uh, Hank, how, how much um, you know different segments there are in the chemicals uh, arena, uh, it just you, you, it kind of boggles the mind. How many chemical engineers are there worldwide, and uh, how many are in your association?
2: Uh, We estimate that there are over 150,000 practicing chemical engineers in the U.S. I really don't have a solid number worldwide because there's a a line in in the way people call chemical engineers outside the U.S. where sometimes technicians are called engineers and things like that. So we don't really have a reliable number there. And there are about 42,000 members to the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. Um, but in the rapidly developing economies in Asia, we're seeing chemical engineering graduates growing at double-digit rates each year, so these numbers will continue to increase. I
3: think one of my hobbies is watching uh, the Science Channel, which is absolutely fascinating. And um, I mean, virtually every segment has to do with some facet of chemical engineering. I mean, it's amazing how many products that we have every single day that Most people have no idea that if it weren't for a chemical engineer or the chemical industry generally, uh, we wouldn't even have the product. Uh, Share with our listeners uh, some of those uh, interesting highlights.
2: Well, I think if you you just sit around and and look at the area you're sitting in, whether it's the, the table that's in front of you, the clothes you're wearing, the shampoo you used this morning, and, and the materials that were uh, that made up whatever kind of transport you used, whether it was a train or a car or, or anything else, uh, chemical engineering touched that. And a lot of people have traditionally thought of chemical engineers primarily in uh, in making chemicals themselves. But more and more, you see chemical engineers involved in a lot of downstream activities, including automotive companies and. Uh, And companies like Walmart and and some of the other large producers involve chemical engineering uh, because in addition to actually making things, uh, chemical engineering skills are used in logistics, planning, and and that sort of thing. So practically everything that you see around you has probably been touched in some way uh, by the chemical engineering profession.
1: That's really interesting, Hank, and you mentioned that you yourself have really been uh, on both sides, both the R&D side as well as the application side in the manufacturing environment. Um, How do you differentiate those two functions? How how different are they in terms of what a chemical engineer actually does?
2: Well, I think the foundational skills in chemical engineering, which are math and science and things like that, uh, work across everything that you do inside chemical engineering, but your focus is obviously different if you're working on discovering a new product or, or developing technology versus focusing on an excellence in manufacturing and, and trying to make sure that what you're doing is at the highest efficiency and the highest level of quality. So I think that the main difference uh, operating on those two sides of the fence would be in what you're focused on at any point in time, not so much the skills you draw from to be successful.
3: I think um, many of our listeners um, or perhaps have heard the term chemical engineering, but they don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, obviously, one of the areas that uh, is critical to success in chemical engineering is math and science. and it appears that uh, more and more of our students are shying away from math and science instead of being drawn to it. Uh, it's, in my opinion, uh, one of the uh, real problems we have in our country. Share with our listeners uh, your thoughts on how we can attract more and more of our students to the chemical engineering field.
2: Well, I think it, it starts in the, in the K-12 through 12 education system in terms of promoting interest in, in these fields. Um, I note that in, in the days when I was growing up, uh, scientists and engineers were often featured in movies and things like that, somewhat as uh, as heroes. And as time went on, and you look at the way science and technology is portrayed in, in some modern forms of entertainment, uh, science and technology is often focused on as the villain. And I think... We have to change that to a certain degree, but uh, a lot of what we need to do is working in the K-12 through education system to open students' minds to all the different aspects of science, not just chemistry, but uh, all the different science, physics, and, and uh, biology, and so forth that there are, and, and really helping them understand that these can be very fruitful areas to, to practice a career in the future.
1: And, Hank, does the association get involved at that level of education?
2: Yes, AICHE has uh, several different sub-organizations within it, and one of them really works on societal activities and education. And uh, those activities, some of them are, fo- are very much focused on the K-12 through education system, uh, as are many, many other organizations, the American Chemical Society, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, and others, um, and in many cases, we try and work together with them so that we're not stumbling over one another. But this is clearly an important effort uh, for the country today.
1: Oh, so I, we clearly agree with you on that score. Well, you talked about um, uh, the growth in the needs for chemical engineering. Uh, we have just a minute left here in the segment. Okay. But uh, just where, where do you see that growth and how can we fill the need? Uh, is, it, is it more being filled internationally or...? Are there plenty of opportunities here for our students?
2: I think today what you're seeing is a lot of the basic material manufacture moving overseas, but, but some of the more advanced downstream manufacturing is still occurring in the U.S. And I think when we talk about the megatrends um, in one of the, the sessions down the line here, we'll see that there are a lot of uh, increasing opportunities for chemical engineers in the U.S.
1: Well, that's good news, and um, I hope that um, we can talk a little bit about uh, the college opportunities for, for students to enter into those fields. And we'll do that in the next segment, but we're going to take a little break here, and when we return, we'll explore opportunities in the chemical engineering field. So stay tuned.
3: Sure.
4: News, news. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. best are you unhappy with your life looking to get unstuck from your rut are your fears of happiness love and success holding you back you deserve a second chance tune in to second chances with susan armstrong each show will help you find your inner success whether it's financial success relationship success or the happiness and freedom in your personal life You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to Air at com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Hank Colbrand. He's president of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. And there's certainly a lot of opportunities in such a breadth of uh, industries, uh, Hank, Where are you seeing the most opportunity right now with the the recession kind of impacting across the country?
2: Well, I think the opportunities that are popping up are really popping up around something we call megatrends, which are areas where significant change is going to be occurring in the next few years that are going to provide a lot of dislocations and opportunities in the economy. and. So these include areas like energy, which we're all painfully aware of every time we fill up our, uh, our cars, uh, climate change, which is a topic that uh, comes to the forefront in the news quite often. Uh, but something that may be less so but will be increasingly so in the future is in the area of water, uh, health and nutrition, which we're all aware of from a personal standpoint, and finally transportation and infrastructure. So these are the areas where we really see job growth occurring, uh, especially in the U.S.
3: Hank, one of the uh, senior clients we used to have that I really, really loved working with is a Ph.D. chemical engineer, and this guy uh, was just uh, absolutely brilliant. I mean, more degrees than you could write down a uh, fascinating background, a fascinating guy to talk about. I mean, he would talk about chemical engineering like it was... Uh, uh, the best thing there ever was and the greatest thing since canned beer and and that's the, exactly the kind of thing that you just hit on the mega trends. I remember future shock and future trends many years ago and uh-huh. I think back to uh, when I used to Cheryl and I met teaching college in 1971 I remember uh, teaching trends and where we're going to be 25-35 uh, years ago and here we are today experiencing the very things we talked about where we're going to be and that's The very thing that megatrends is all about, where we are, where we're going, and how we're going to get there, it's a fascinating field. And for our listeners, it's a fascinating area to get into.
2: Well, and and if you think about these particular areas, not just from the perspective of sitting in the U.S., but from a global perspective, uh, today 2.7 billion people live on less than $4 a day. And all these areas, energy, climate change, water, health, uh, transportation, and infrastructure are all going to play a role in the developing world, uh, as time moves on.
1: Well, we talk. We're sitting here in the energy capital, really, and see so much going on. Uh, even, even though um, the recession has impacted, and of course, the situation in the Gulf. Uh, but what are some of the um, trends that you're seeing in the energy field that's creating opportunities for the chemical engineers?
2: Well, probably for the last hundred years we've been very fortunate in that we've focused a lot of our energy development around petroleum. Uh, petroleum is a great raw material, it has a high energy density, and it tended to be fairly easy to come by for a number of years. Uh, but today as we look into the future, what we're seeing is that, th- that our solutions in the future are actually going to come from a variety of energy sources. Uh, fossil fuels are by no means going to disappear. There are a lot of people who think that, you know, the the spigot will run out in 20 years or something and we won't use them anymore. And I'm not sure that's correct. I think our, de- our dependence on fossil fuels for some of the more common uses around transportation and so forth will diminish over time, but they'll continue to be around. But, you know, we'll be looking at renewable energy sources, be they uh, biotype energy sources, or solar type energy sources and out of solar you get photovoltaics you get wind you get wave energy and things like that and so the the energy picture in the future is really going to be a, a composite of all these different um, raw material sources which is going to complicate our lives you know today it's pretty easy uh... we have one fairly narrow set of raw materials to work from tomorrow is going to be much more complex uh, but from um uh, from a a world standpoint, it will be much more sustainable. And so as a consequence of that, uh, hopefully we'll see some net positive impacts over the next 50 to 100 years because of our shift in energy.
3: Hank, one of the areas that um, a lot of people are really confused about is, uh, you know, oil and gas versus natural gas. Uh, You know, I'm not really clear on, and from a career standpoint, uh, can you help, clarify the difference and perhaps uh, maybe some of the career paths uh, that might lead in either direction as it relates to chemical engineering?
2: Well, certainly uh, oil and gas and natural gas are related. It's very seldom that you drill an oil well that you don't have accompanying natural gas with it. But more and more we're finding deposits of natural gas that we can tap into that don't necessarily have a lot of oil associated with them. And natural gas for many years has been seen as a very nice clean-burning fuel, so as a consequence it's been favored for use in power plants as compared to coal and things like that. And so it's just another form of carbon uh, and and certainly is a great place to focus on from a career standpoint. However, if you look at it from a global climate change perspective, depending on, on how you look at the uh, the data that's been put forth on global climate change, when you use natural gas and you burn it, combust it for energy, for example, you're still generating CO2 much the same as you are with uh, with other forms of carbon. And so as a consequence, using natural gas for an energy source, which is a, a nice clean form of energy, uh, it will still cause us some challenges as we look at the global climate change issue.
1: Very good. Well, you mentioned water, and that certainly is... Um, uh, Needed so in so many places around the world. What are some of the uh, challenges that the chemical engineers are um, addressing uh, to make water more available?
2: Well, water is something that many of us take for granted because it's uh, you know it, it tends to be easy to come by in certain parts of the world, but. Uh, Uh, Today, developing parts of the world, people live on less than two gallons a day of water. And if you look at the use in the U.S. per capita, use of water is over 100 gallons a day. Mm. Uh, We're seeing tremendous pressure on our aquifer system. And today, there might be um, a certain amount of water being withdrawn for agriculture, for example, to feed the population of the world. And, of course, as the population of the world increases and as people's lifestyles increase and they demand um, better food and things like that, Uh, we're seeing the potential for great shortages of agricultural water and potable water as early as 2025. Um, Water is also an issue because it consumes a lot of energy. So, for example, if you were to look at the state of California, 30% of the energy used in the state of California is used to generate and transport fresh water throughout the state. And so those two are, are intimately connected together. And many, many people suffer from poor quality drinking water that leads to all kinds of health problems and things like that. So we see, uh, if you, you want to think of water as the next oil, today there, there's a lot of controversy and a lot of political pressure around oil. And certainly uh, 30 or 40 years from now, I think you'll see that same discussion formulating around fresh water.
3: All you have to do, Hank, is uh, head west. We're in Houston, and it drives me cra- pe- crazy when people say, oh, I hate this rain. You know, go away. I hope it'll never rain again. All you have to do is go west to California, uh, Utah, uh, Nevada, some of the states uh, that are just dry as a bone in many areas, and, and they literally are fighting each other tooth and nail over water. And it's more and more as uh, it becomes uh, more and more of
1: a problem. It's, it's
3: going to be critical in future years. Absolutely.
1: Also be able uh, to recycle water. I know Israel has done a lot of research in this area, too, and they've got one of the best um, technologies, I guess, for reusing water.
3: We were there uh, uh, recently, Hank, and it's amazing uh, how dry Israel has been. They've had a drought for, what was it, six or eight years, and it's it's amazing how serious the problem is and yet uh, how they're able to uh, deal with it through innovation and creativity in many respects.
2: Well, and I think you can extend that from just everyday living into industry as well. I mean, industry has become dependent on sources of water for cooling and processing and things like that, and the chemical industry has certainly been a beneficiary of that, that uh some of those habits will need to change in the future. In addition, as we expand the industry into certain parts of the world, they have arid climates, much as you described in the western U.S., that will require entirely different kinds of process technology. So, you know, clearly water is going to be popping up, not just from a... a, day-to-day living perspective but also from a manufacturing perspective
3: as well you know going back to uh, the science channel uh you know i like to look at you know not just our earth but our solar system and uh and we're we're literally the only planet in existence that they know of that that has water and uh we're just so fortunate in so many respects and so few people even stopped to even think about it
2: Well, and there is a huge amount of water. You know, there's that uh, rhyme of the ancient mariner, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. Mm. Uh, The earth is covered in water. Now, a lot of it is not necessarily potable, but we can develop technologies. In fact, we have reverse osmosis technologies and other things today that would help us make far better use of a lot of the water that's out there. But many of these have to be developed into a much more efficient and much lower cost profile if we're going to meet the needs of the one out of eight people in the world today who lack access to safe water.
3: And that's exactly the problem. Uh, You know, converting salt water to clean drinking water is a very, very expensive process, very complex, very expensive, and uh, requires a huge amount of planning and foresight, and that's exactly where we need to go. Yes. And in
1: many cases, isn't that lack of water due to just the lack of infrastructure to, to reach it and to transport it?
2: Well, it's interesting you mentioned infrastructure. Certainly within the developing countries, there's a, there's a huge challenge with regard to distribution, even if you were to put small distributed systems in for providing fresh water. But by 2030, we expect over 60% of the world population to live in cities. Now, I'm sure Houston has its own challenges, as you find with... Uh, Uh, water mains breaking or with electrical lines failing, or this gas line that just failed in California that caused so much damage, Uh, as these cities continue to grow, the the aging infrastructure that they're sitting on is going to be an increasing challenge, and certainly water transport is one of those that's going to be a, a big challenge
3: for the future. And you just have to think about, oh boy, they, I mean, New York City and Houston and all the major cities. I mean, so many of these, I mean, the infrastructure is uh, 50, 75, sometimes 100 or more years old. And it's amazing uh, that we don't have more and more of these critical uh, problems that pop up all the time.
2: Well, I'm sure we'll continue to, to see them well, develop it's, in the future.
1: Yes, yeah, this is a tremendous area, um, just the water. And you mentioned the health care. Uh, as another area, and that's just um, mind boggling, some of the uh, chemical innovation that's going on in the healthcare field. Maybe we could talk ab- a little bit more about that in the next uh, segment, Hank. Sure. We're going to uh, take a little break here, to ex- and then when we return, explore more about the chemical engineering and how it impacts our lives and society. So stay tuned.
4: Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling voiceofamerica.com.
5: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively the key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to TCS On Air at TCSworldwide.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Hank Colburn. And we're learning a lot about uh, the chemicals industry and how it impacts so much of our lives and society and the, the future um, of um, people's lives to, uh, to grow and develop and, and to really have a better future. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, during the break, uh, Hank, about the concept of sustainability and how important it is to innovation. Can you share that with our listeners? Sure.
2: Sustainability is a concept that, that's been around for a while in people's mind. In fact, in, uh, in the late 80s, the United Nations convened a whole commission around sustainability. But it's basically focused on making decisions today uh, with the future in mind so that we're not doing something that's really going to put our future generations at, at a terrible risk. Uh, the, the fact is, though, that if you look around us as consumers, if you talk to your friends, uh, people are interested in, in sustainability or in green technology, but only if you can get your products that work as well as the existing products and at an equivalent or lower cost. And if you think about those constraints, uh, there's going to be a lot of innovation that's going to be required as we look at changing the footprint, if you will, the energy footprint, the raw material footprint, and so forth of many of the products we use every day to make them sustainable and yet at the same time provide you with a product where you're not really noticing any difference either in the cost or in the uh, in the efficacy of the
3: product Hank, one of the areas that uh, is fascinating to me is uh, the fact that uh, the chemical engineering field generally is uh, what I would call a field that is uh, a field of the future, meaning that um, many of the students going into it are going to have job security and exciting career paths that perhaps are not uh, available in other fields. And, and that, in my opinion, is one of the major areas that causes the students to be attracted to a particular field. Could you build on that for our listeners? Sure. I mean,
2: chemical engineering, when, when I went through university as a chemical engineer, was kind of touted as a, a broad field where you studied electrical engineering, you studied some aspects of mechanical and civil engineering and chemistry and physics, and you kind of combined all these things uh, into chemical engineering. And I think employers recognize that chemical engineers are pretty versatile in the sense that they can be Retasked, if you will, or developed to do different things. So as a company's mission changes, as its focus changes, having employees who have a good, solid, broad technical background, but also who are open to change, you know, and this is a a subject we all stumble across because sometimes change is a difficult thing for us to to think about, uh, but also who are open to change and and changing what they're doing and, and working in continuous learning and so forth, um, make them more valuable to that employer. Uh, I think the other thing that, uh, that many employers have discovered is that the quantitative skills, that is the math skills of chemical engineers, are very valuable. So what you'll find is that in the heyday of Wall Street, when they were doing a lot of time series analysis and, and predictions of markets, many chemical engineers went and worked on Wall Street. They didn't even mm-hmm. go into traditional fields because they had these good analysis skills. And today, companies, logistics companies, shipping companies, and so forth, are also drawing on chemical and industrial engineers uh, to worry about the most efficient ways of handling warehouses and and, uh, supply chains and things like that. So there are just a broad variety of things that uh, the chemical engineers can do which make them attractive to employers.
1: Well, I think that's really encouraging to the young uh, listeners who might be thinking about Uh, their career direction, or perhaps parents who are trying to help uh, students get, you know, get a a real um, vision for their future. How does the uh, association help address some of these industry issues and also uh, open up doors for those that are interested in the field? Well,
2: AICHE has a number of of organizations within the organization. So we have uh, divisions focusing on things like energy and and uh, and various areas of technology that need to be developed. We have forums that uh, uh, try in a much more informal way, get people talking about things like sustainable engineering or sustainable technology. Uh, We also have uh, what we call industry technology alliances and centers. So we actually have a center for energy initiatives, which look to bring all the activities of AICHE dealing with energy together, and communicating with one another, we have a society for biological engineering uh, that focuses members on, on on that area, which may deal with uh, alternative energy, it may deal with health, and and so on. And uh, we have a center for chemical process safety, which is actually probably our oldest industry technology alliance that was formed after the Bhopal event in 1984. Uh, that really helps share pre-competitive information between companies, universities, and government institutions to make sure that the processes that we build and operate are as safe as they possibly can be. So we have a variety of entities within the industry or within the institute that help to address these, these different things and provide members with access to the latest information.
3: Hank, one of the things we do in Job Search the Total System is help our clients with um, Better job, better pay, better life. And oftentimes the way we do that is by convincing them that they must talk about how they can make and save money for a company. And going back to the client I mentioned earlier, I remember so many conversations he and I had about the dramatic impact he would have on an organization's bottom line, the money he could make them and save them through innovation and creativity. Uh, Your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think you're absolutely spot on relative to that comment. Uh, A lot of the activities I was involved with over my long Dow career were involved in making processes more efficient. And, for example, within the Dow Chemical Company related to energy, uh, between uh, 1995 and 2010 or something like that, uh, we saved huge amounts of energy through this kind of troubleshooting and things like and, and similar kind of activities to make the processes more efficient uh, to the tune of $4 billion annual savings uh, with the work that we were doing. So this is a critical aspect of uh, of working on uh, on industrial problems. However, keeping in mind that we cannot save ourselves to prosperity, We also have to work at the front end of the process in terms of developing new products and developing new technologies that will help us create uh, new industries and so forth.
1: Well, I think that's a double opportunity. um, And uh, as Ken mentioned, in working with our clients um, who come from all different industries, uh, it's often very difficult for them to see how they're impacting the bottom line. They don't necessarily track that they're not necessarily re- required to track that uh, even in their performance review processes and I, I especially see that many technically oriented people um, they get so uh, kind of um, focused on the intricacies of what they're doing that they often lose sight of the impact they're having on the bottom line. How do you help um, within like when when you were within Dow? Um, what were some of the ways that you would help to quantify the impact you were having?
2: Well, I think every opportunity needs to be grounded in, in some kind of an economic analysis. I mean, we all have ideas, but you need to test that idea against what the actual impact can be. Now, many times when you start, you really don't know how well you're going to be able to address the problem, but you can certainly say that, gee, if I do the best I can, this is the result. And so the first thing you do is you look at that overall economic impact and you try to to say, is that going to be enough to basically pay for the effort we're going to have to put into it to get it back? Uh, Now, one of the comments I'll make is that, you know, if you look at manufacturing industries, energy and raw materials are two of the big levers. And if you can have an impact on either one of those, you can usually uh, generate projects which are quite popular from an overall leadership and, and management point of view. So uh, you, you tend to have a, a big return on energy and raw material projects, and you really need to put that economic analysis right at the front end of your uh, your project definition.
1: Oh, I think that's an excellent summary. Uh, another thing that uh, we do in our, our programs um, and in the total system, Hank, is to encourage our uh, professionals and also executives that come through our program to be involved in their association, so for the chemical engineers to be involved in the institute as a way of networking. What are some of the opportunities that you provide for your members for networking?
2: Well, networking is certainly one of the things that attracted me to AICHE when I was a a young engineer, and of course, uh, if you go back 35, 38 years, whatever that is, uh, you find that uh, professional societies were one of the only ways to provide good networking. Today, you have a lot of other variety of uh, options with some of these electronic and social tools as well. Uh, but we have we have a couple of very large meetings every year, which are very well done technical meetings where people get together and and uh, and visit on areas of interest to them. I mentioned these divisions and forums. People belong to these sub organizations within the institute because they're very focused on areas of personal interest, and many times the kind of conversations that go on are very non proprietary. You know, we're not uh, we're not trying to compete with companies in in developing intellectual property and things like that. But what we're trying to do is provide an, an area where people can get together and discuss pre competitive ideas which then can lead to people bringing in more uh, proprietary ideas within their own organizations.
1: Well, we have just a moment, uh, a minute here left in this segment, Hank. But uh, for the young people who, um, you know, are still in in college or maybe looking to go to college, what is your advice to them on finding, uh, um, you know, a program that will really uh, position them for a great career in chemical engineering?
2: Well, I think that there are, there are over 160 schools that are uh, accredited in the U.S. To, to provide chemical engineering degrees, and uh, each of these has a somewhat different view of, uh, of how they develop people. And so one of the key things is to find an institution uh, that resembles your own personality, if you will, and I think that's part of success. But the other part, as you point out in your, uh, in your model, Uh, is to make sure that you're focused, that you're really taking charge of your own future as you're going about and making some of these decisions and not just passively letting it happen because I think, you know, one of the things we need to make sure is is that people are actually being very proactive as they make these decisions about careers.
1: Excellent advice. Well, when we return from break, we'll explore... Some additional um, recommendations for how you can advance your career, whether it's in chemical engineering or perhaps uh, other fields. So stay tuned.
4: News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today we'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action get the interview you want with a world-class resume make your references work for you and beat the competition network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement research more effectively the key to more job leads stronger interviews and higher pay turn your interview into an offer winning performance get the money now by negotiating from strength Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com
4: successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
0: you are listening to total career success with ken and Cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcs on air at tcsworldwide dot com. Now back to the program.
1: We're back, and it's Cheryl here with Hank Colbrand, and we've been learning a tremendous amount about the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and about the field in general. It's certainly a fascinating field that affects all of our lives and um, has tremendous opportunity for young people that want a career with. Uh, with a great future. It's more than technical though, isn't it, Hank? What are some of the other skill areas that uh, someone interested in this field or who's in it uh, can uh, really focus on to, to uh, increase their potential for advancement?
2: Well, you know, the engineering curriculum focuses on on a lot of solid technical foundations, and, and that's why many people get into it, because they're comfortable in that uh, that area. But in reality, if you're going to work in any setting, and it doesn't matter whether it's an industrial setting, a government setting, or an academic setting, there are also a balance of soft skills that you have to have. Uh, Two of the the top ones I think of is is that uh, one is we need to be able to continuously learn and use new information. I mean, when I graduated many, many years ago, biotechnology was not something that was at the forefront of any discussion. And over time, in one of my responsibilities, I was actually responsible for a large biotechnology effort, required me to learn a tremendous amount of new information, uh, absorb it, and be able to work with it. And so this ability of continuous learning is important. Another one that I kind of alluded to earlier is adaptability, the ability to be flexible and to adapt problem-solving and creating thinking to new processes. Now, there are... A whole raft of others these include good communication skills group effectiveness and really teamwork is a key that is taught more and more at the university setting but is really a key to being able to work in any environment industrial or academic and finally personal management this involves self-esteem goal setting motivation and career development you know we are the captains of our own souls, as it were. And and if we don't take responsibility for ourselves, nobody else is going to do that. So these other soft skills, in my mind, are extremely important in addition to the hard skills that you pick up with a good university education to being successful uh, regardless of what career you undertake. Uh
3: And, Hank, one of the things that certainly lends itself to all of that is uh, look at our technology today. I mean, kids are learning computers in kindergarten, pre-kindergarten. I mean, are you kidding me when, you know, when we were kids, uh, you know, you were lucky to get access to any technology at all, and even then it was later on perhaps in your career. But today, I mean, these kids are learning it from as soon as they can walk, Almost. And it just lends itself to so many exciting and dynamic fields like chemical engineering. And one of the things that drives us crazy is every time we go out to eat, we always try to help these kids who are serving with jobs and careers. And I mean, kids who are graduated or are graduating, you ask them, what are they doing? And well, I don't know. I'm not really sure yet. You know, you know, they're seniors or they've already graduated. It's tragic that they haven't had more counseling and coaching and mentoring from colleges and universities on their way to where they want to
1: be.
2: Right. Absolutely.
1: Well, we're going to have a guest coming up um, later in the month that's going to be talking about some of those educational challenges, and it really is a, um, some very difficult issues that the colleges and universities are dealing with uh, right now. But you make an excellent point, Hank, that the career development is something that um, each individual, regardless of of what field or um, what their technical expertise may be uh, is so critical to success because no longer can companies uh, be the sole um, kind of mom-and-pop of of your career. You've got to understand that it's your responsibility and that to develop that personal management that you talk about, to to, uh, look for the opportunities to be involved with various teams within your company, Uh, to look at as change as a positive rather than negative, all of those things are going to um, make you much more marketable and also give you greater confidence in your ability to perform.
2: Absolutely.
3: Hank, one of the areas that we also work with is with veterans. I'm a uh, Marine Corps veteran, and we've just done our first uh, free job search uh, seminar for veterans, and it's amazing how many of these guys are coming out of the service, and they're looking for a second career, and they're oftentimes not really sure what it is they want to do. And it appears to me that many of them have excellent math and science backgrounds. They've not done much in the way of chemical engineering, but it's certainly a field that they uh, would want to look into and perhaps uh, would be very good at. Your thoughts on that?
2: Well, as a, as a former employer, I can tell you that uh, we really prized the, uh, the veterans that we managed to hire into the company because, in general, they came in with a, lo- a larger experience base, they came in with a higher level of maturity. And so consequently, uh, coming out of the service, going forward and getting an engineering degree or or something similar to that, and then seeking employment, you do have the advantage of the life skills that you picked up working in the the military. And uh, I I will always encourage people to look at chemical engineering. uh, But if you have somebody, for example, who's very good at math and science, and And perhaps chemistry isn't their forte. They're more interested in physics. There are other branches of engineering that can be just as fruitful for them. So the important thing is is that they broaden their horizons as they're looking at this career, you know, and not try and focus too narrowly on just what they may have done in the military, but just try and broaden the way that they're looking at the job opportunities.
3: And one of the specific areas that we're working with is helping companies understand the needs of veterans and where they're coming from and for veterans to understand employers and what they're looking for and mesh the two which is going to help tremendously in this in this effort.
2: Yeah. That's great.
1: Well Hank, um you know you mentioned all these different skills that are so important to success. What are some of the things that the association is doing to create uh, learning opportunities for your members.
2: Well, I already mentioned that we have a couple meetings a year, and that we have these divisions and forums and and uh, industry technology alliances that provide uh, an act activity space for people to get together and talk about common interests. Uh, but we also have a number of other things that we offer. We have this uh, chemie on Demand, uh, which is something we started a little over a year ago, which is a major activity within AICHE. <coughs> Uh, it includes a lot of online information, webinars, and, and uh, how-to things. And this is in addition to all of our career tool applications and other things we have for members on our website. So go to AICHE.org and explore.
1: Well, and I encourage everyone to do that, even if it's not your specific industry. It's such a wealth of information there, and you might know someone that you can help with those opportunities. Once again, I want to remind everyone to check out our seven free videos that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access the free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. And, Hank, we want to thank you for joining us today and giving us such tremendous information about the uh, chemical engineering field and how it impacts our lives. Uh, we thank you for um, all the the things you've done with Dow Chemical. It certainly has been a, um, a company that's... Uh, uh, that everyone knows about. So congratulations on your great career.
3: Thank and you so much. And of
1: luck in South Dakota. Oh,
3: well, thank you. We look forward to uh, perhaps visiting you one day on a motorcycle right up there.
1: That'd be great.
3: We're well, here. Yep.
1: Thanks again, Kink. And everyone, uh, be sure to join us next week for another great program. Take care. Thanks, thanks.
3: Bye. Take care.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.